Good day, everyone. Today we have a special guest who has worked along some world-famous celebrities, such as Meryl Streep and Wesley Snipes. He has also directed some shows and movies too. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mike Messiah. Hi, Ellie. I'm doing great today, buddy. I'm here in Orlando, Florida, USA. There's a possibility you might hear some helicopters or planes flying overhead. I think I'm near some type of uh, airport or military base or something, but I'm happy to be here and happy to be on your show today. Thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. So, Mike, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do, where you're from, and how you started? Well, I'm a filmmaker. I'm a screenwriter. I recently added uh, two books on Amazon to my resume. Uh, those books are titled A Distance from Avalon, When the Dying and the Dead Reunite. And that's a gothic horror novel. It's a quick read. Uh, people have said it's a, it's a good read. It's 97 pages long. And uh, my buddy Nazar Germanoff did the cover art, which is fantastic. And I'm very happy with that novel. And I recently added a second book, a primer on independent student and uh, low-budget filmmaking. Uh, that's a Kindle-only version that people can get also on Amazon. Uh, you might be hearing a plane coming by, Ellie, uh, but they're just excited that we're having this conversation today. Um, I grew up in the state of Virginia. Uh, the state of Virginia was one of the original 13 colonies in the United States of America. It was the home of many of our Civil War battles. When I was a kid, we'd go to a lot of these uh, Civil War battlefields as uh, field trips in elementary school. I lived in Rhode Island for quite some time. Rhode Island in New England, uh, part of the USA, is the smallest state in the country. And I recently moved... Uh, less than two years ago to the state of Florida in the United States where there's a lot more sun and a lot more uh, outdoor living than what I've been used to. And I'm finding that I, I do enjoy spending more time outdoors. Uh, the heat is a little bit much to get used to, but I, I like it more than the cold. And uh, I'm also an acting coach. I'm also an actor. I recently filmed myself doing a uh, Seduction of Distance. It's a promotional video for my A Distance from Avalon novel, which I've also written as a screenplay and a stage play. And uh, I've been working a lot on my YouTube channel, which is titled Subscribe to Mike Messier YouTube channel. So I'm just about closing in on a thousand subscribers. I've been working on that very hard for the last year. And uh, more about my biography can be found on MikeMessier.com. Uh, how I got started, Ellie, was um, I would say going back to high school, I figured out a way to use two VCRs and what we used to call a boombox, which was a, a stereo player that had a cassette recorder uh, built into it. And the boombox that I had had an AB switch uh, for people that are familiar with the technology. 
I think they're called like the AB connectors, the ABC wires. They're red and yellow. And if I was able to mix the audio from that cassette recorder, the output of those cassettes into uh, the VCR that was recording and then take visual images from the other VCR, I was able to make my own music videos. And uh, some of them were pretty dark. They were, uh, <laughs> I used the movie Faces of Death, uh, which was kind of an underground uh, series of films that were pretty crazy in that time period to, to make some real nutty, nutty movies, uh, videos. The, the band Armored Saint, which I found out later was a Christian rock heavy metal band had a song called Cannibal. And uh, I wish I could find this video now because it was pretty intense. And I also made a music video uh, from the band, the uh, Black Sabbath, the song was Iron Man. And I made a music video to honor the Road Warriors, which were a professional wrestling tag team at the time. So my first uh, filmmaking was really as an editor and, um, but I, ever since my editing skills have probably not improved very much, to be honest, I, these days I'm usually looking to work with an editor because that's something that I've never really advanced my skills beyond those early days from. I see you also follow wrestling. Who is your favorite male and female wrestler of all time and why? Yeah, like I said, I, I do follow wrestling. Uh, favorite male and female, favorite female wrestlers of all time. Um, I'll start with the females. Ladies first. Why not, right? Uh, I got to say Sherry Martell. Uh, sensational Sherry, sensuous Sherry, uh, sexy Sherry, scary Sherry, sister Sherry. Uh, she had a lot of nicknames. Sherry Martell, to me, was... Um, a classy lady, someone who seemed like the life of a party. I mean, she was doing things. If you ever saw the Halloween Havoc cage match with uh, Sister Sherry managing the Nature Boy Ric Flair against Hulk Hogan, and Sherry is taking atomic drops from Hogan. She is running around the ring. I mean, she is just nuts. She was a lot of fun. And uh, I just think that she was great. And she had a great... Um, Reign as AWA World Heavyweight Champion. She was the WWF uh, Women's Champion. Women's Champion, I should say, for AWA, but, but World Women's Champion. Classy lady. She seemed like the life of the party. Uh, I have this action figure of hers that I, I just really, very special to me. I never met Sherry Martell, but I, I just think she's terrific. And as far as the favorite male wrestler, my, my default answer is usually Ric Flair, but I would also put uh, some other guys up there too. Barry Windham, Magnificent Morocco, and Flying Brian Tillman would be my favorite four. But of the four, I would probably say Ric Flair, uh, the Nature Boy, is my favorite all time singles male wrestler. As far as the why with Ric Flair, um, Ellie, you know, he just had a lot of charisma and he just seemed to be enjoying himself and was just not afraid of the camera. And I think he owned the camera every time Ric Flair was on camera in, in a victory, in a loss, whether he was being embarrassed, whether he was being victorious. Same thing with Sherry. You know, they just seemed extremely comfortable in front of the camera, having the time of their lives. 
when they were angry, you believed it. When they were having fun, you believed it. And they just seemed larger than life, but at the same time, uh, very human and very personable. And I, I think those are traits that all entertainers, you know, whether you talk about a Frank Sinatra or an Elvis or a, a Tupac Shakur, uh, you know, just just some of these celebrities, they're larger than life, but we feel like we know them. And uh, Denzel Washington comes to mind or even people like Mariah Carey or Whitney Houston. They, they seem like you know them, but yet they're out of touch. They're, they're bigger than life. So, I mean, for me, Ric Flair and sister Sherry, sensational Sherry Martell, they were the best, in my opinion. What was it like working alongside Meryl Streep, Wesley Snipes, and other famous actors and actresses? Let us know. Other famous actors and actresses? Uh, well, Ellie, you know, for me... Um, Those were two different stories, so I'll tell both stories. I'll try to be succinct, but the Wesley Snipes um, story comes first. That was uh, back in 2005. Uh, the movie was a Wesley Snipes vehicle called Hard Luck. The director was Mario Van Peebles, and um, Mario Van Peebles had directed New Jack City, you know, 15 years earlier or so, and that was a, a breakthrough movie for both Mario himself as the director and a star of the movie and for Wesley Snipes. Uh, New Jack City is a is a classic American movie and this hard luck was an attempt in my opinion to be somewhat of an unofficial reunion or sequel in a in a way uh, not that they played the same characters but they say they played similar characters. I'm talking about Wesley Snipes and Mario Van Peebles. You know, I, 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 Wes was a nice guy to me initially, but we, we didn't really get to connect on, on too much of a personal level. Um, I would say that I was intimidated. I would say that my goal on that shoot was to not do anything wrong. And I think that I achieved that goal. Um, you know, they filmed, I would probably say that every single moment that was filmed with me on the set was used in the movie, which I felt good about. And I felt good about my performance. And I, I guess if anything, I just say, I'd like to work with Wesley Snipes again and Mario Van Peebles and Sybil Shepherd. You know, the, the craziest thing about that movie, uh, Ellie was Sybil Shepherd and, and Mario Van Peebles told me this on the set. Sybil Shepherd chose me to play her son. You know, the casting director in Rhode Island, uh, Annie Mulhall, the great lady from Let's Do It Casting, uh, she championed me to get the auditions. Uh, Annie coached me through four auditions. And I'd, I'd like to think that I did her proud, and I, I'm so grateful to her for giving me the opportunity all these years later. And uh, But ultimately, it was Sybil Shepard, who you might recall was on the TV show uh, Moonlighting, She was the star of that show with Bruce Willis. She actually had a romantic affair with Elvis. Uh, so in a way, I like to think that my Hollywood mother, Sybil Shepard, you know, perhaps I have some genetics from Elvis in me, in, in the Hollywood sense. Now, as far as um, Meryl Streep goes, that was a even 
more out of nowhere situation because that was uh, going down to do extra work. Extra work is you know background acting when you're not really supposed to be really seen on camera or anything. But as it turns out, they had hired Elizabeth Shue, the wonderful and gorgeous uh, original Karate Kid cast member, Elizabeth Shue was there in a cameo as a bartender for this scene in the movie Hope Springs. Elizabeth started uh, improving, which is unusual. And through a turn of events, I was selected to basically play off these two icons, Elizabeth Shue and Meryl Streep. Once again, uh, you know, I tried to tell one joke that day and it fell entirely flat. So then I kept my mouth shut. You know, my, my thing was, I don't want to do anything wrong. And, um, you know, perhaps that's a thing with me, Ellie, I don't want to take these situations for granted. And I don't want to be the guy that had a, a film shoot with Meryl Streep and Elizabeth Shue and did something offensive to get that ruined. So, uh, my thing was to keep my nose to the wheel and just act. And in the scene that I'm in with Meryl Streep and Elizabeth Shue, I'm actually getting made fun of. My character, whose name was Mike, they used my real name, is being mocked and ridiculed. And I had to think of some dark stuff because I was so happy to be involved in this scene that to keep from smiling, I was telling myself some pretty dark things to compensate for the actual joy that I had in the moment. And I think in that brief scene in Hope Springs that comes through, because if you watch that scene, you see that all the other people in the scene have big smiley faces on their face, and, and I don't, because I was actually acting. I was actually into the character of a guy that's not having a good day, because I'm being picked on by the lovely bartender. And I kind of came up with a backstory that perhaps I had once had a relationship with the bartender that fell flat and she was now making fun of me. And so uh, I had to come up with that all on the spot on my own because I got no real direction or coaching. But whatever I did, I guess they liked enough because they kept the scene in the movie. And uh, that's one of those things where, uh, you know, sometimes people don't like to do extra work or they make fun of people who do extra work. Uh, in, in the Hollywood circles. But for me, I can say that I'm one of one-tenth of one percent of actors that have had a scene with Meryl Streep and, and dare say that I, uh, she had a scene with me as well. So there you go. It was a great experience. If you could meet your 18-year-old self, and you were allowed to tell him only three things, what would you say? I, I wish I could sit here and, and, and uh, give you a profound answer. I'm going to try. If I could meet my 18-year-old self and allow him to tell the 18-year-old Mike Messier three things, what would you say? That's a loaded question for me because uh, the age of 18, I was probably having a real tumultuous time in my life for, for reasons, uh, some of which in my control and some of which beyond my control. But I would, I would probably start off by saying, calm down. You know, I think as an 18 year old, I had a lot of, uh, 
fun, but I think I was also, uh, I think I was drinking heavily at that time, to be honest with you, drinking alcohol, which I, I no longer do. So I'd probably tell my 18-year-old self to put the beer down because I, I was uh, drinking a lot and probably didn't need to be doing that. And uh, the second thing I would tell him was to, you know, some, some of the uh, things that I was enjoying at, at 18 years old, I thought that I would experience forever. You know, I was on this beautiful college campus in Greensboro, North Carolina, and I didn't realize that that situation was not going to last forever. So I probably would kind of say, enjoy it while you have it, because it's not going to last much longer. And um, the third thing I would say is, is uh, watch out, because at some point during my 18th year, I had a pretty bad car crash, which ended up totaling uh, my vehicle. And it, it turned out to be a no-fault accident. Um, so me and this lady just collided underneath a, a light. One of us, uh, either either the lights were wrong or one of us was wrong. We never did have a guilty party, but it, it wasn't fun to be in a car accident at, at that age. So whoever was at fault or if either one of us wasn't at fault, I'd just say be careful because luckily nobody got seriously hurt, but it was... It was uh, no fun, no fun to get into a car accident like that. What inspires me? Uh, once again, Ellie, you know. What inspires you? Today, buddy, and uh, what inspires me? A lot of times, it's just seeing things that are that are well done, well made. I, I would probably say a recent example in the last week or two. Uh, actually, the last week I saw Jennifer Hudson's performance in Respect, the Aretha Franklin movie. And I thought that Jennifer will most likely get an Oscar nomination. And if I were to bet, I would say she'd probably win the Oscar. And just watching that movie and realizing that I believe Jennifer Hudson's singing her own. Uh, she's singing Aretha Franklin's you know, songs, but. Jennifer put the work in to get that voice as close as possible, her own voice, to Aretha's. And uh, also Aretha Franklin's life story was very inspiring. In a broader sense, greatness inspires me, or great uh, accomplishments. It could be a, a film, like I just mentioned, or a film performance. It could be a work of literature. Um, it could be... Uh, a piece of art like the Rodin Museum. Uh, Rodin's the sculptor that we usually think of as far as the thinker, that statue of the guy with the his his head on his chin thinking. <laughs> I've been to the Philadelphia Museum uh, of Art, and then around the corner from there is a Rodin Museum, and it has, I, I guess it's a, a copy of the thinker. I mean, uh, he made more than one, apparently. Rodan did, so uh, great art, I, I would say, is what inspires me. I've been going to, um, here in the United States and Florida, there's uh, the Disney World parks, and, you know, there's some inspiration there, too. You know, a guy like Walt Disney had this vision for, uh, 
for a place where America or the world could celebrate innovation, technology, the future. And um, it, it started, I believe, in the, the New York's fair or the World's Fair. A lot of the things that he was thinking of, you know, kind of got their tests there. But then he, he made his own thing, uh, the Disneyland Park and then the Disney World Park. And I, I know that I think they, they have them. And there's one in Japan and at one point Euro Disney. So uh, something that grand and epic and uh Living where I live now, having pretty close access to that is, is pretty inspiring, too, to see that those parks, the Disney World parks, have given so many people so much enjoyment over the years. Obviously, whenever you have a huge company like that, there's going to be some uh, flies in the ointment, so to speak, or some flies in the Vaseline, as the Stone Temple pilots would sing about, meaning that they're not perfect. But... To me, it's still fun. Yeah, how can people... Tell us how people can find your work on the internet and how they can contribute if they can. Uh, you know, and how can they contribute if they can? You know, I would say that the best way that folks... Um, if, if you mean contribute as in helping me, the, the one, you know, the, the thing that they can do that's totally free is, you know, literally subscribe to Mike Messier YouTube channel. You know, if, if, if 25 people listen to this interview and all 25 subscribe to Mike Messier YouTube channel, then, uh, I will be over a thousand subscribers. So once again, they have to put the words in subscribe to Mike Messier, M-I-K-E, second word is M-E, S-S-I-E-R, YouTube channel. That's the full name of the channel. The books I mentioned, The Distance from Avalon, When the Dying of the Dead, and uh, my film primer book, you can find that on Amazon, uh, depending on your company. Uh, country, it might be Amazon.uk or Amazon.com. Wherever you find Amazon, just put M-I-K-E, M-E-S-S-I-E-R.com or Mike Messier. You don't need to put the dot com. Uh, my website is MikeMessier.com. M-I-K-E-M-E-S-S-I-E-R.com. So I, I basically, th that's what I would say. If, if, if uh, people really want to connect, MikeMessier.com. They could also find me on Facebook as Mikey, M-I-K-E-Y, Messier. On Twitter, uh, Subscribe to Mike Messier YouTube channel is my Twitter handle. I also have, I should mention, Avalonia Festival. I feel bad that I didn't mention it earlier. My uh, web, uh, film festival, actually, that I run. The website is Avalonia Festival, A-V-A-L-O-N-I-A, -A Festival, F-E-S-T-I-V-A-L, AvaloniaFestival.com. has got, uh, it's a film short film contest that people can enter. And uh, Ellie, I, I, I might make a promo code uh, for you and your listeners. How about that, buddy? So, you know, why don't I do that? Why don't I make a nice uh, podcast uh, special promo code for Ellie? I'm going to do that right now as we speak. Because I want to encourage your listeners, uh, my film festival, 
has got uh, over 60, I think, different categories for people to enter their short films, whether they're 20 minutes or three minutes or one minute. So what I'm going to do, if I can, is, is make a, a promo code right now. So uh, I appreciate your listeners uh, bearing with me, but I'm just excited that uh, we're having this conversation. And so why don't we why don't we try to do this, uh, L E A F E L L Y A F. I'm I'm going to try and do that as the promo code, and I'll give you a. Uh, 22% off all entries. E-L-L-A-F. I'll do, I'll set that up as soon as we're done with this podcast. E-L, all caps, E-L-L-Y-A-F. E-L-L-Y-A-F. Uh, 22% off all entries for Avalonia Festival. Uh, short films, etc. Film posters, everything. Thank you for being on my show, Mike. It was such an honor having you here. And if you do get a chance, then please come visit South Africa. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Mike Messiah. I uh, really appreciate what you're doing. You know, people should should also follow you and your podcast. I think it's great. Uh, E-L-I-D period I-O backslash podcast. Live with Ellie is a great new podcast. And I'm happy to be a guest on your show. And uh, let's stay in touch. And uh, to to you, I wish the best in your podcast endeavor. I thank you for reaching out. And thank you for your listeners. This has been Mike from MikeMessier.com. Thanks. Ellie, really appreciate you, man, and you have a great week, and your listeners do as well.